Hello and welcome to the 100 Day Writing Challenge, day 49. So we've been working on gaps and implication and avoidance, nudging readers towards conclusions without spelling out for them ways in which characters might be passive-aggressive or sly or unaware, but we've not really yet swung the interrogator's lamp back on you. What are you avoiding? What can't you say? That's, um, that's an unnecessarily aggressive segue in today's exercise, so let's dial it back a bit. Don't worry, it's not going to be that confrontational. I, I did warn you at the beginning of the course that there are going to be sections that challenge you, bits that bring you up against aspects of yourself or your life or your aspirations in a way that, you know, doesn't feel 100% comfortable. I mean, I'm, I'm sure just sitting down to write repeatedly often in new and bizarre ways has been less than comfortable for you at sometimes. Um, but I have no intention of, you know, trying to break you down or doing a kind of drill instructor style bollocking or pushing you to some threshold where you fall apart and and, and then you have to try and build yourself again from the ground up. Um, I think of those moments of encounter do exist in artistic practice and in life, but they're often much subtler than this big oppositional clash and they arise as a sort of gradually, gradually intensifying crisis that you can't really plan or engineer. I suspect at some point during this course, you will come up against some feelings, some doubt, some internal barrier. And the moment or moments that that happens will be different for every individual who works through these exercises. I'm not going to try and sort of engineer those encounters. I think that might end up being a bit contrived. Uh, and, and then it would make you resist. I think quite rightly, you would like say, hey, Tim, why are you doing this to me? It might feel like a little bit of a power trip on my part and it might seem a bit silly. Like you were then going to try and have to go, oh, no, I feel really bad when you didn't. And it's just silly to do those things. And we have to be a bit more grown up and organic about it. But I thought I'd acknowledge the possibility of you hitting that wall of those kind of miniature crises happening now. I thought I'd mention it on today's episode as we turn towards uh, some more personal work, just so if and when they do, or if and when they have happened, you understand that they're normal, expected, and that you can take time to process them. When teaching writers on retreat, and this is why I, I bring this up, if it seems a bit dramatic, you know, when I've taught like week-long retreats, I get to be there, and when writers hit those barriers, I get to have like one-to-one -one discussions where I talk it through with them and they get to explain what they're going through and I get to suggest strategies for working through those blocks. I can't do that in the same way with this course. So it's your responsibility to be aware of the possibility, the likelihood even, of hitting snags, which might not even feel like walls. They might just feel like patches of really boggy, bleh, ground where you just feel like I'm not digging this you know and when that happens you know you could just accept a duty of care towards yourself now we've been looking at emotions and I'm always interested in you as a writer thinking about what emotions you feel most comfortable writing about conveying on the page and what emotions you feel most comfortable writing from if that makes sense uh, let me explain this another way like how do you tend to what what mood do you tend to be right best in um and what 
what kind of emotions tend to be most feel most inspirational to you like do you your ideas tend to come from a place of wonder and enthusiasm like you know if you read an article about something like like a kind of like type of jellyfish that's been trapped under the ice for half a million years and has just been rediscovered does that make you go wow and you want to and immediately you start having ideas or do you get fired up by anger you know like do, do you is there some injustice in the world and you start thinking it through and you want to kind of like symbolically put that enemy in the stocks in fiction and run it through or do you write therapeutically out of a sense of longing and grief and loss do you write to reclaim what was lost maybe many or all of those things so over the last two days you've tried writing a scene infused by two different emotions for the purposes of today's exercise i'd like you to come up with an emotion or feeling or sensation you'd really like to get to know better now i use all three of those words emotion feeling or sensation advisedly because i'm absolutely okay with your going outside the bounds of what we might consider the cardinal emotions if you want to you know like happiness sadness anger fear although those are fine too i'm just saying you could also have if you want don't want to steer you down any particular path it's up to you but you could also have greed lust panic excitement you can break it down as finely as you want to you know disgust revulsion loathing antipathy those are all related some people might see them as being the same thing but i think anyone might have slightly different connotations for you you could even pick pain agony titillation boredom focus things that might not be uh, emotions exactly but they're subjective states now, it's up to you whether you alight on one you're particularly interested in or maybe one that feels unfamiliar to you, maybe even one that you feel particularly awkward about writing. Fortunately, the format for today's exercise is going to afford you some distance. We're going to work in metaphor. So once you've picked your emotion, your sensation, your mood, whatever it is, for the 10 minutes, you're going to write a list that works like this. You'll take the emotion. Let's say, for example, you picked envy. And in a second, I'm going to give you a list to write down before you begin. A list of categories or things like um, fruit, animal, building, things like that. And for each of those categories, when your time begins, you're going to construct a metaphor. And all your metaphors are going to start X is. So for this example, under fruit, you might write envy is a what? could envy be what fruit could envy be i'd like you to get as specific as you can but also remember you're not constrained by logic or rationality uh you, you know just as in yesterday's exercise feel free to go weird surreal to experiment remember what i you know what do we learn right back at the start of this course if in doubt list it's easier to come up with six ideas than one so don't feel like you have to restrict yourself to one answer and spend ages over it better and this is counterintuitive i realize which is why it's worth returning to now and reinforcing better to rattle out several answers quickly uh and make five mistakes and get one right than to try and just get one right it's easier and you'll produce more work you know it's like creating a series of prototypes you get to see the rough shape of some possible answers which you're then free to evaluate and refine and remember originality is almost always a category error it's almost always a mistake in some sense right because it doesn't fit so under fruit for envy you might write envy is a poisoned apple envy is a bloated overripe satsuma oozing into the bowl 
Envy is a rotten peach crushed in a fist. Envy is a glassy tangerine. Envy is an historical plum. I don't even know what most of those means, especially that last one. Envy is an historical plum. I don't know why I chose them. We're not going for perfect. We're firing ordnance off in all directions and sort of range finding. You can try to come up with an apposite metaphor for sure. You know, rage is a howling baboon or something like that. But don't think that sort of answer is intrinsically any better than rage is a Glaswegian rhinoceros in the stairwell at 3am, bathed in a greenish light dreaming of a bloodless storm. Just for the purposes of this exercise, I'd invite you to accept the premise that rationality and nonsense are linked by a million dendrites and exist in exquisite dialogue. So that's it, basically. If you can get ready, uh, I'll, what I'll do now is list the categories that I'd like you to make metaphors up in. And once you've decided on your emotion, sensation or feeling, um, I'll then start the time and you can write as many or as few metaphors for each as you like and make each one as long or as short as you like. You can elaborate out, you know, like when remember when we talked about the lists of um, uh, alternate uses, that elaboration was one of those criteria for creativity. But you don't have to. Look, my main guidance is specific is usually better. That's about it. So uh, I hope you've got a pen and paper or your laptop open ready to note down the categories. Uh, here we go. And I, I, I'll give you all the categories at once and then we'll start the time afterwards. OK, so here are the categories. Building. Breakfast. Birthday present. Book. Animal. Colour. Musical instrument. Item of clothing. Holiday destination. Hairstyle. Way of getting someone's attention. Type of weather. Tree. That's it. Those are my suggestions. You can work through just a few of those or if you run out of them because you've hammered through them, invent your own at the end. Right, time for you to take the reins. Pick an emotion or sensation or subjective feeling or state, then hammer out some metaphors, both subtle and baroque. Are you ready? Of course you are. Three, two, one, go.
and that's it. You've done it. I hope some of that was useful to you. I suspect some felt a bit brain melting or forced or arbitrary. Metaphors and similes are, I think, and this is just personal preference, best when you limit yourself to one a page maximum. Otherwise, it's like when you, you're you at a festival and you have multiple burger vans in very close proximity or with sound systems blasting out different music. And as you pass through the zones of overlap, you feel like you're strapped to a chair undergoing enhanced interrogation procedures. Or, you know, you can go all in and embrace turning the reader's cortex to shuddering blancmange. This is writing. There are no rules, only norms. Your only responsibility is to stay alive to the effects you're producing. Right, you know what tomorrow is, don't you? You know it. Flipping heck. I shall see you then. The 100 Day Writing Challenge is made possible with the kind support of Arts Council England.